0: Good morning. You guys doing good? Good. Um, so if you know me, you know that if I talk about God or family or anything, really, I start to cry. They've given me 30 minutes to talk about God and family. So if you find me in a pool of my own tears at the end of this moment here, it's their fault. Their fault. The Exchange Church is a place where purpose is awakened and developed. And I could not be more of like living proof, a breathing proof of that. Um, I'm so thankful to you guys, Pastor Stray and Carrie, for since day one, pulling potential out of me, pulling purpose out of me when I didn't want to see it. This is an example. You were right. I would, 10 years ago or five years ago, I would have said never, never. But I'm so thankful that I'm here at this moment because of the growth that I've seen and how you've helped me to lead my family, which is important to me. So thank you guys so much. I'm honored to be able to do this. Uh, can we give it up for Pastor Carry one more time? So today's Father's Day, and I thought, what better way to start it off with some classic dad jokes? You guys ready for that? Okay. Why don't skeletons ever go trick-or-treating? because they have no body to go with. Uh, Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It was too tired. What did the grape do when he got stepped on? He let out a little wine. I thought about going on an all-almond diet, but that's just nuts. What do you call a man with a rubber toe? Um dang it. <laughs> Such a good one too. Dad joke. Okay, so today is superhero Sunday, so I do have a few superhero jokes too. What would Batman do if he wasn't rich? He would be Robin. There it is. <laughs> what is Thor's favorite food? A Thortia. I went to the DVD store, rental store, and asked if I could have Batman Forever. The guy said, no, just 24 hours like the others. That's it. I'm done. I, I promise. I don't have any more. I do have one that I wrote. How about that? Okay, how much does a Chinese elephant weigh? One ton. See, y'all got that. One ton. I wrote that. I wrote it. And don't take credit for it. Um, This particular topic that I'm going to be talking about today is near and dear to my heart and will be forever, but in this particular season that I'm in with having little kids and trying to become the parent that I want to be, it's now more relevant than ever. Um, So really this service is about me encouraging myself and God encouraging me, so I hope that in these moments that something resonates with you as well. My scripture is in Matthew 13:3 through 8, in the Passion Translation. We'll start with verse 3. He says, he taught them many things by using stories, parables that would illustrate spiritual truths, saying, consider this, there was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. As he cast seeds, some fell along the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell onto gravel that had no topsoil. The seeds quickly shot up, but when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns and weeds, so when the seeds sprouted, so did the weeds, crowding out the good plants. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. If you're able to understand this, then you need to respond. My main point today three words. Be good dirt. The Father's heart is to create atmospheres of love and growth that bring out the potential in those around him. Father, right now, I just thank you for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, would you come and awaken something in our hearts today? Speak through me, God, and help me not to screw it up. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We got this. All right, what is good dirt? How do you know if you're good dirt? Well, I'd say it's, it's pretty simple. Good dirt cannot help but initiate growth. I'd ask myself the questions, do the people closest to me produce fruit when they're around me? Are they better after being around me? Have they grown after being around me? Are they closer to Jesus after being around me? Uh, about a year ago, I had to go to the dentist. And um, I tried to avoid the dentist at all costs. Ironically, it was that thing that got me in the predicament of last year, where I had to go to the dentist. I had to get a root canal done. Um, yeah, uh, it was it was fun. And uh, I had my appointment set for 8.30 in the morning on a Monday morning. That was stupid. I don't know why I started off my week like that. Um, And so I'm driving to the appointment, asking, God, if this cup can please pass. (laughs) Let it happen. Didn't work. It's like, you're an idiot, you need to take care of your teeth. (laughs) Um, So I get to the appointment. I walk in the door, and I'm greeted by these two ladies who say, hi, welcome to Premier Dental. How can we brighten your smile today? And I look at them, and I say, shut up. I know what you're doing. Stop, stop. And so I I walk up to the desk and they're like, when's your appointment? What's your name? I tell them all that information. And they're like, okay, great. Go ahead and sit down. You can have a refreshment. We'll be with you in just a second. So I go and sit down in the chair that I think is made exactly for my butt because it's so comfortable. I just sit there and relax. And then after my heart stops beating so loudly out of my chest, I can hear music in the background. It's just this soft, ambient music. And all of a sudden I feel relaxed, and I'm not stressed anymore. They've drugged me. They've done something. The dentist knows, okay, even down to when they tell you how much you're going to have to pay, how to make you relax. They say, it's going to be, you know, a million dollars, but there's 14 payment plans. You can pay it over the rest of your life. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. You've got this. They've got it down. They really do. They know that when you go to the dentist, you're stressed, right? So they got to calm you down with some music, drugs, that kind of stuff. Your input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output. And your output determines your future. I'm going to say that again. Your input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output. And your output determines your future. So what I want to say today and make the case for is that the future of our kids' lives is in the environment that we create for them today. Now, more than ever, kids are being bombarded with information, right? There's this thing called YouTube. If you haven't heard of it, YouTube it. I, I wonder if people have actually YouTubed you. Like, what is YouTube? I don't know. If if it would come up with a video of, like, a person explaining what is Okay. So... YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, right? It's behind its big brother, Google. And they started to figure out, like, okay, this is working. People are loving this. They're creating their own channels. And they're getting a lot of eyeballs. They're getting a lot of attention. Make more money. It's great. Then they're like, how do we get the attention of the little ones? So they created YouTube Kids. Does anyone know what YouTube Kids is? Got a few people that know what it is. It takes over your life. It really does. My kids, I'm just going to paint a little picture for you real quick. My kids watch it like it's TV. It is the new TV. Like, let's just be real. YouTube is a new TV. Um, They sit on the couch, and to the right of them is 20 stuffed animals. To the left of them is 500 Barbies. In front of them is the Barbie house that I built for them that took me five hours to build. build. And while they're sitting on the couch, they're looking at a four-inch screen, and guess what they're watching? They're watching... Other kids play with the toys that are next to them. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and these kids, they, like, they literally have, like, millions of followers on their channel. Like, they've got it down. And they have intros and outros. It's a whole production. Like, they, they keep saying, like, hey, this is Sally with Seven Perfect Angels. And they flip their hair. And it's, like, it's a whole ordeal. They've got it down. So my kids, they've started to make YouTube videos, and it's great. Um, I do have one that was made about a week ago. Amber sent it to me uh, when I was at work, and it, it made my week. It made my year. Um, so I want to show you guys, real quick, Caitlin's YouTube video. Hello, guys. Today, I am going to do a lot of videos, OK? All
1: right. There's a the mini stuff in my- Today, I am gonna do one okay. more video, okay? Okay, what? and that's mama, mom. And today, I am gonna do a video. So, let's go! Let's, let's go! That was a big round. So, today, I am gonna look. Good luck with it. Got the teddy bear. Oh. Teddy bear. Yes, teddy bear. Say hi. Hi. Today, this is a rice thing. And then, guess what's... And then, I don't know what it is so thank you for watching my video and subscribe channel see you next time bye why are you still on so today
0: I can't. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Our environment ultimately affects what we say and what we do. That is a living example right there. Caitlin and my kids, they watch YouTube videos and they consume it. And then all of a sudden, they're taking on whatever these little kids are doing. And they are just acting crazy. Um, There was a guy uh, about five years ago. Um, who was trying to improve the experience with MRI scan machines, and um, it was specifically for little kids who were trying to figure out, like, do they have cancer? And so it was it was a big deal. And so he focused on the machine and was thinking, okay, how how can I make this more comfortable? So he designed and and built a prototype and made the process faster. Um, and so then he he had people come in and, and test it, and he watched and observed these families come in. The problem was it had the same result. The, the kids were still scared out of their mind. They didn't want to go in this this room that was completely filled with, you know, white walls and this huge machine. Like, they didn't want to do it. So he realized at that point that it's not the machine that needs to be fixed. It's the environment. When he changed the environment, everything changed. This is what he did. It's brilliant. He took the machine, and he made it into a pirate ship. He made a canoe. He made a rocket ship. And then he took the walls, and he made it like you're like walking through space, cardboard figures up and everything. Like, it was incredible. And all of a sudden, the kids were not afraid anymore. Our environment matters. I want to tell you today that your dirt matters. Your dirt so if anyone at any point ever tells you you're a piece of dirt, I want you to look at them in the eye, smile real big, and say thank you, because that's the best compliment you can ever receive. <laughs> Tell somebody you're a piece of dirt. So now what? I've told you a few dad jokes and told you you're a piece of dirt. That's what I do. It's what I do. How do we become good dirt is the question. I have three things that I've been working on that I want to share with you guys um, and how to become a good dirt. Number one is position yourself as a son or daughter first. You always reduce the environment around you to the environment within you. If we're going to create environments of love and growth, we need to ensure that we have the right environment inside of us first. The greatest gift that I can give you today, if I... If anything else, uh, if you don't take away anything else, is this, is that you are a son or daughter first. Before you're a dad, before you're a mom, before you're a brother, before you're a sister, before you're a CEO, before you're an accountant, before you're a teacher, you are a son or daughter first. That is the foundation of becoming good dirt. You cannot know who or how good the father is until you position yourself as a son first. And then, as you experience who the Father is, you become more like the Father. In the design world, um, there is proximity, and that communicates the relationship to different elements. So, let's say I have a title right here, and then right under that, there is a body of text. So you'll assume that that body of text is related to the title. But if I move the body of text down below and give it some space, you're suddenly wondering: is is this related? Does this have to do with that title? I think it's the same way with God. The closer that we get to the Father. The more connected we become, the more connected we become, the more that we know who we truly are, and the more we act like Him. So, a few years ago, I was talking with Amber, and uh, we were in our kitchen. Uh, And what I like to do whenever I'm leaning on something, I like to cross my legs like this. And I've done it since I was a kid, I don't know why. Um, Brooklyn was about three years old when we were talking at this time. And uh, all of a sudden, we were talking, I was looking down. And I saw my three-year-old daughter looking just like her daddy. So we have a picture real quick to show you exactly what I'm talking about. There it is. (laughs) Just like her daddy. The more that we are around someone, the more that we take on their unique characteristics. Imagine what would happen if we spent more time with Jesus. What qualities would we take on from him? When we position ourselves as sons and daughters first, we also start to know the Father's voice. For the longest time, I could not hear God's voice calling my name because of the distance and the names that I was calling myself. The moment that I became closer to God and closer to Jesus, I started listening and hearing his voice. And all of a sudden, I couldn't hear my voice anymore. I heard him calling me son, calling me loved, calling me adored. And it was that moment when I got closer to Jesus that I realized I'm a son of God. You always reduce the environment around you to the environment within you. So change the environment inside of you to become more like your heavenly father. The second thing that I want to talk to you about on how to become good dirt is become a master of being present. Become a master of being present. Dads, we are a master at a lot of things. We're a master at grilling, master at bug squashing, I'm actually not a master at that. I use a spray. Anyone use a spray? (laughs) I don't like to squash bugs. Squish? Squash? I just don't like it. We're the master of being corny, right? Master tickler. I'm known for that. Master tickler. These are all great, but we can't forget being a master of being present. We cannot be good dirt and initiate growth and love if we aren't there to initiate it. And the funny thing is, We can be 100% there physically and not actually be there. Our phones, the little four-inch phones that are amazing, it's technology, it's great, but it can be a roadblock between us and the relationship with our kids because we are so accessible at any moment, at any time, and it can be a hindrance if you're not careful. And so I think that You know, I've learned that the article that I have to read, the Netflix show that I have to watch, the email that I have to send out, the things that I have to do, sometimes they can just be set down so that I can build relationships with my kids. It doesn't always have to be like me being accessible, right? I can turn off the notifications, I can control when I want to go on and see that because I have things that I want to put into my relationship with my kids and that's important because they're long-lasting. I'm so thankful for Amber Um, for always reminding me that these precious moments that we have with our kids, we won't get them back, right? Time does not wait for you. When we're (laughs) ready to eat and we're cooking spaghetti, the kids call it paschetti. Y'all know that, right? Paschetti. When they're counting on their fingers, they look at their fingers. Am I counting right? One, two, three. I love when I walk in the door and they all run to me and give me a hug and you can see the little or hear the little voices, Daddy, Daddy. I love when I sit in a recliner and they crawl up in my lap. Like I don't want to miss these opportunities. I don't want to forget that. But there's something also happening also else that's happening here and, and that is I want to pull out who they already are. Because as kids, they don't have a problem being who they are right now. It's when they grow up and they experience, you know, comparing themselves to other people that they then think, I have to conform to whatever's happening around me. But right now, as kids, if I can, if I can teach them right now that, that you never should compare yourself to other people, that you should always believe for the best, that you should never stop dreaming. If I can teach them these things, they'll grow up and their values will remain the same and they'll always be who they are. In Christ. The other day I was driving home with my kids. Uh, We dropped Amber off at the church and Kinsey, my six-year-old, was like, hey daddy, let's go out to eat. And I said, baby, that's not in the budget for this week. And she said, well, let's start a business so we can get money so we can go out to eat. (laughs) She's like, we could sell water. We could sell lemonade. We could do a garage sale. You pick daddy, which one we're going to do. Like, there's no filter. There's not a, how are we going to do this? Like, it's just, let's do it. That's how it should be. That's because the how always stops you when you have a dream. I want to encourage that in my kids to never stop believing. Never stop believing that anything can be possible with God. The Bible says to train up a child in the way he or she should go, and they'll never depart from it. If I don't create the environments for my kids... Something else or someone else will. We can be proactive and design our environment for our kids, or we can be reactive and let the environment be determined by something else. The last habit that I'm working on, I'm sorry, no, the last point that I'm talking about here is to create habits that produce the environment that you're wanting to create. We don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our habits. Pastor Trey mentioned this uh, about a month ago. 95% of what we do is subconsciously, like we don't think about it. It's habits. So instead of trying to change the game, let's just use that to our advantage and create habits that are good habits that will form environments for our kids to thrive in. And so some of these uh, habits that I'm personally working on that I want to share with you, uh, number one is to speak life every chance you get. There's a quote from Bob Goff. Brilliant. Um, instead of telling people what they want to hear, we need to tell them who they are. This works every time. We become in our lives whoever the people we love the most say we are. We become in our lives whoever the people we love the most say we are. Um, it was about a year ago, I think, and Pastor Trey was talking about um, l- allowing our spirit to lead us, the benefits of that. Like, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak kind of thing. And it was in the context of relationships. So we had this couple come up uh, on stage and sit in chairs facing each other. And uh, we'll just call them Bill and Marge for now. Um, And he was going to try this out. He was going to have Marge repeat to Bill what Pastor Che was saying. So he was telling Marge, okay, say, Bill. And so she said, Bill. I command your spirit, I command your spirit. And she's looking at him with intense eyes. And, she sa- and he says, to lead your body. And she follows up with, to leave your body. <laughs> and at that moment, like, everybody fell apart. It was, it was amazing. It was awesome. Um, and it was a moment that, like, your words matter. <laughs> your words, they matter. Uh, do not tell your husband or your wife or your kids, I command your spirit to leave your body. <laughs> don't do that. Please. The, the Bible says, I, I have that on recording and I listen to it often because it's so <laughs> awesome. I don't know why I was recording at that moment, but I just happened to be. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs that there is power of life and death and the very words that we speak we have the choice, life or death. We have the choice. And our words will shape the environment for our kids to either grow or die. I've heard this before, and, and I love it, um, and I'll say it over and over and over again. In the history of God, he's never made a table or a chair. God makes trees, and he gives us the brain to imagine what we can do with these trees. So we need to take the trees, our kids, our kids. And imagine who they can be. And then speak that over them every single day. The second habit that I'm working on is seek first to understand before you're understood. This one is, I'm working on this one. And God's working on me big time on this one. Proverbs 14:29 says, when your heart overflows with understanding, you'll be very slow to get angry. But if you have a quick temper, your impatience will be quickly seen by all. There was a a man on a train on a Sunday morning. It was a quiet Sunday morning. And he was, there was a few other people. There was a a guy taking a nap and the other guy was reading. Um, And at the next stop, a man and his kids got on the train. And the peaceful environment that was there had left. Um, It was like an Ozzy Osbourne concert. Like, it was crazy. Loud, chaotic. The kids were uncontrollable. And the guy's sitting there looking at his father, at the father, because the father's just sitting there. He's not doing anything about it. He's just sitting there. And he's wondering, wh- like, why isn't he controlling his kids? What What's going on? So he walks up to the, the father, and he says, why aren't you controlling your kids? Can, can you control your kids? And softly, the father looks up at him and says, normally I would, but I just realized and learned that my wife and their mother had died nearly an hour ago. And in that moment, there was a a paradigm shift. Perspective changed, and that's the power of seeking first to understand before you're understood. The Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our natural instinct is to make sure that we're understood first, but this is completely backwards. Our flesh is selfish, but as we know, the kingdom of God is others-focused. Something that I've been doing lately is figuring out what is it, like what are my triggers when I'm overly selfish? And I've noticed that when I'm tired, like it comes out. And I'm not, like I'm irrational. I don't even listen to my kids. I'm like I don't even allow them to to like say what was going on. Like, if I turn up the sensitivity to my triggers and realize, okay, I'm tired, and I need to know that that is a trigger for me, I have, to, I have to be able to be more sensitive to their needs and really try to seek first to understand before I'm understood. So I would encourage you guys to write down, is it, is it when you're hungry? Is it when you're tired? It could be something as simple as that, or it could be when you're around a lot of people. Like, whatever it is, take note of it so that you can be prepared for it in the future, The final habit that I've been working on is surround yourself with people who have the Father's heart. One of the people that that I look up to is uh, my father-in-law, Robbie. Um, he is he's a quiet and reserved guy, but he carries a lot of authority. A lot of authority. And that's something that I've noticed recently, and he's done it since the kids were born, but something that God's been highlighting to me recently is that when he gives them hugs and kisses, like it's, it's not just a, like, come here and give me a hug. He gets on his knees. And at the moment he gets on his knees, he becomes approachable. He creates the environment. Of love and growth just by doing that simple thing. And I want my life to look like that. I want my life to be focused on creating environments, whatever that may look like. I live with five girls in my house. Four of them are my daughters, just to be clear. We're not that kind of family, not that kind of house. I tell people every day, not every day, but I tell people that I'm slowly turning into a girl. It's happening. (laughs) I am surrounded by sparkles. (laughs) I live in pink. Hot pink. Soft pink. Baby pink. Magenta pink. I don't know. I live in pink. I play Barbie with my kids when we have a kin. I play Barbie. They want me to play Barbie. Daddy, you play Barbie. You don't want me to play Ken? You you okay. I'll be Barbie. Tea parties. I don't know how many times I've had makeup put on me and my nails painted. I may have cross dressed a few times. On purpose. And the reality is, I would do it every single day. I don't care what I look like. I will do whatever I have to to become whoever I need to become. Like Paul says, whatever I need to become to reach somebody, to create an environment. I'll do whatever I need to do, whatever that looks like. And as I'm closing today, my question to you is, are you willing to become whatever you need to become to create the environment of love and growth? Are you willing to become like a child again so that you can truly know the Father's love? You may be thinking it's too late. My kids are teenagers or they're out of the house, whatever the the case is. I want to tell you right now, I want you to Stop believing lies that it's too late. I want you to stop believing lies that you're not good enough, that you're not equipped to do this. God has given you a responsibility and the honor of raising children. Even if you don't have children, you have a responsibility to mentor somebody, to pour into somebody. That's the Father's heart. I want to encourage you that you are more than able to do this. Be good dirt. Father, I just thank you right now for every heart represented here. And God, as we are closing out today, God, I just ask that we would become like children again. To truly get to know the Father's love and the Father's heart because that's where it all starts I thank you, God, that in this moment, that we would seek to understand first before we're understood. That we're going to create habits, God. That we're going to become a son first or a daughter first. And that we, as we seek you, God, that we'll start to take on your unique characteristics as a father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thank you so much.